scream. Everybody scream. Hi, I'm Silver. And I'm Mira. And welcome to Matcha Mondays. We're two West Coast girls hoping to connect with our audience to discuss all things matcha, our favorite sneaky snacks, mental health, self-love, and of course, body positivity. So welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Matcha Mondays. Today's super exciting because this is the first time since the inception of Matcha Mondays that Silver and I are recording in person. Mm -hmm. In fact, I am staring right at her. (laughs) She's right in front of me. And it's very uncomfortable for the both of us Mm -hmm. because we're not used to this. We are very used to recording in the comfort of our own rooms, very far away from each other. Mm -hmm. The water has separated us. Mm -hmm. States separate us. Provinces do not. Countries. Countries, yep, everything. So, yeah, this is our first time. Bear with us. Yes. I think we're doing great. We're going to do amazing. So, I've been here for how many days now? It's like all just under a week. Under a week. Yeah. So how's it been having me? <laughs> it's Do you like, hate it? It's like a roommate situation, yeah. which is good because like I think if you have someone living in your house, it's awkward if you're not close with them because like Mira and I had conversations before she even got here because we both like having our alone time. Mm-hmm. But if you have a guest over, it feels like sometimes really awkward so like sometimes I've had cousins coming over or staying with my family and I and I feel like I have to spend every second entertaining them yeah and that gets so tiring and Mira's here for like over three weeks I think yeah so we talked about before she even got here that we're like okay we're gonna like have very clear boundaries and if you heard um our episode last week with Jules from Jade Leaf Matcha um, you, we talked about boundaries, so we set yes, we, did. we preset boundaries with each other, mm-hmm. and we gave each other a heads up that sometimes we'd be like, "Hey, I just need some alone time. Like, I'm gonna go here do this, and she's gonna go here do this, and it's been working out really well." So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's been so far. Not going. Not going. <laughs> but yeah, the nice thing about Silver and her husband, because they're both here. If you doesn't know, they live together. Yes, we do. And I'm living with both of them. Um, But it's nice because I think we just are pretty good at hanging out even in silence like Mm -hmm. occasionally even like when Silver goes to work because I fully work from home but Silver still goes in person so a lot of times I'm just hanging out with her husband and her husband and I have known each other for a while we've known each other longer than Mm -hmm. you and I have actually. Yeah they met before Mira and I met. Yeah but the good thing about him is like we can just sit on the couch and just sit on our phones for like three hours and we'll just like occasionally <laughs> share TikToks that we watch with and with each other but then mm-hmm. we're just like back doing our own thing which is nice because yeah it is exhausting talking to anybody um constantly yeah or just multiple people all the time and Silver and I definitely get our energy drained by people no matter mm-hmm. who it is no matter how much we love them we just get tired (laughs) we need alone time Mm -hmm. so we've been really good and even too like my poor husband we have been giving him a break from us because Mm -hmm. 
she and I are always talking and we are a lot of energy when we're together. Mm -hmm. So we have been going on like walks and stuff. I wish you guys could see how beautiful it is here. Like I'm so... Like, I always brag about how pretty the Californian sunsets are, but honestly, the clouds, like, it's just gorgeous. Because where Silver lives, you can see the mountains, and it's just so nice. You can see mountains, like, anywhere in Vancouver. Like, that's kind of what I always miss whenever I travel, Mm -hmm. that I, you can't see mountains. Like, any direction you look when you're in Vancouver, like, there is a mountain. Like, right now, I'm staring at mountains. It makes me happy. I love mountains. They're very pretty. I feel like I'm in the Alps. The French Alps. We should go to the French Alps. That should be on our to-do list. We will go I keep telling Silver that I really want to go hiking on these ridiculous mountains. And she's like, you have fun with that. I will not be coming. And I'm like, no, you're coming too. I'm not going alone. You can't go alone. You have to meet me halfway because you don't want me to go anywhere by myself. So you have to come with me. But the thing is, like, hikes in the summer, sure. Mm -hmm. But right now, if we get, like, it's a dangerous idea. Because, like, I hike, but I'm not an experienced survivalist. (laughs) So if shit hits the fan, we're fucked. We'll just eat each other. Yeah. Resort to cannibalism, <laughs> but your butt could feed us. For my days. ass could feed us. That's actually what my mom. What my mom would always say, like if we were in a deserted island, like who would we eat first? And you. And my mom's like, well, we could all survive off of Silver's butt for like days. Mm-hmm. I'm like, thanks so much. Thanks, mom. So, thanks, mom. Thanks for thanks, wanting mom. to eat. Oh yeah, and silver's mom treated us to a lovely dinner mm-hmm. was it yesterday yeah it was yesterday it was yesterday and i gotta hang out with her and papa silver <laughs> i don't know what to call him papa matcha papa matcha i love that we gotta hang out with papa matcha and, mama and mama matcha, matcha. And it was lovely they're amazing it was very nice they to got feel. you your own chair yeah Papa Matcha got me my very own chair, so I know for a fact I am part of the family now. Mm-hmm. But I think we should slowly get into our episode today. Yeah. Um, before we chop in, so what are we drinking today? Today, of course, we're having Jade Leaf Matcha. And if you guys didn't know, we have a code for you guys. It's Matcha Monday. And it works on the jadeleaf.com website for our U.S. listeners. And it works on Amazon.com for our Canadian listeners. Get that prime, get that matcha delivered mm-hmm. to your door. And it's good matcha, guys. Like, you you know we wouldn't lie. Yeah. And honestly, I think they're really good Christmas gifts. Mm-hmm. Like, I really yeah. like getting people into matcha. And they have, like, kits for, like, starters. And yeah. just, like, you can buy the individual little packets. So if you have... Like a bunch of friends that you want to make like a little matcha kit for. I think it's a great little thing oh you can God. do. That's a great idea. But, but yes. Yeah. Exciting. So shall we talk about what we're going to discuss today? Mm-hmm. Bring it on. Let's go. What are we talking about? So we're talking about something that Mira and I are actively working on and mm-hmm. actively struggle with, yes. which is managing our money guilt. So if you are anything like us, especially, I think it's a good time to talk about it for this time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. But also the the new year. Yeah. But also the new year is coming up. And I think talking about finances and knowing 
I think your relationship with finances is always a good thing. It's good to assess where you're at because a lot of times we always have our, you know, New Year's resolutions. So it's mm -hmm. good to know, do I want to save more? Should I spend more? Should I not be so hard on myself? Do I need to be harder on myself? Exactly. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people, at least in my experience, have the opposite problem than Mira and I have. Yeah. We're like on the other side yeah. of this river of pain. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk a lot about that. We'll share our personal experiences with it and mm -hmm. how you can manage it. Either which way, if you're an overspender or an underspender. A miser. A miser. <laughs> We're definitely underspenders, but I used to be an overspender. So yeah, you told me about that. But it'd be cool. Maybe you can talk about. I can. You're I comfortable. Have so much experience. You can talk about your money. little journey. I can talk about my little. Yeah. Because Silver's been all over the world and doesn't speak the language, so. Been around the world, don't speak the language. Purple, you don't need explaining. <laughs> when <laughs> you. Talk to you know, your booty really doesn't need explaining. It's, no, it doesn't. You see it, you know it's there. My booty speaks every language. <laughs> so okay. we're going to hop into this. And just so you guys know, our information is coming from an article published from PNC, which is a bank. How fitting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's talk about where money guilt comes from and what it feels like. Because it's kind of nice to set the stage here. And also just understand if you're feeling money guilt, like actual true money guilt, or are you just feeling apprehension towards buying something? Because those two things are totally different. Mm -hmm. So financial guilt can develop in many different ways. Our favorite is stemming from childhood. Mm -hmm. So if you are no stranger to poverty, your family's struggling, going through difficult situations financially, you might feel guilty over being successful as an adult. You might start feeling imposter syndrome. And you definitely might feel guilty if you continue to see your parents or family members struggle with money while you're more successful. Affluent. Yeah, affluent. You have just more money at your disposal. And it is hard to kind of go through that and see that. And it's very uncomfy. And other ways that could lead to financial guilt, social media, big mm -hmm. one, seeing friends that are more well off, either of these things can influence feelings around money, especially FOMO. And if you don't know what FOMO is, it's called fear of missing out. And that can lead to you going out of your way to spend money that you might not just to keep up the pace with your friends or people you follow on Instagram. And I've seen a lot of people do this mm -hmm. where they are no way in the right state of mind or the right financial frame nor have they saved or set aside the money that should be going towards purchases for example going on vacation buying yourself a designer item buying an apartment it's something that i see but it's because of fomo and i get it like i don't know about you but sometimes when i see people having a really good time and like traveling and going to really cool places and going on nice vacations. And I'm sitting here trying every single day to save every dollar I have. It does get a little upsetting. Yeah. And that's when we reflect. Yes. <laughs> get introspective. Yeah. But it is, yeah, I think common to feel guilty because I've done this before. There was a time period where I was following a bunch of people on Instagram that were like buying Chanel and Guerlain and like all these brands I really, really, really love. And 
I, at this time in my life, was struggling because I either save every single penny I had and wouldn't spend anything, or if it got to a point where it was just too much, I was just going blow, blow it, it. Yeah. So, at this time, I was saving, 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 feeling very anxious about even going to the store and buying bread. Like, I would not want to do any of that. But... I got to a breaking point because I would just see everyone having a really good time, like just buying whatever they wanted. And I was in a really bad relationship at the time and it was just triggering me and I was just not in a good place. So I went to the mall and I bought so many things. <laughs> um, and like this article says, once the fun is over, you might feel guilty about blowing your budget, which I certainly did. And it sucks because you think, okay, my problem is I don't have these things. So let me go buy them. And you go and buy them. And you don't even feel happy about it. So mm -hmm. it's like, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. So. This topic and just what Mira said is making me think of this book. And if you've read the How to Be a Badass book, they really dive in to the different things uh, that a relationship with money can be stemmed from. So a lot of that is childhood. And I remember when I was reading through this book, and she was going through each point, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> like, I always thought that, and yes, like you're responsible for your own choices, especially as an adult, but I always thought the habits that I used to have were like all my fault, and they are my fault. I was the one spending my money, but at the same time, I really helped me, like kind of self-diagnose what might be going on with me like mentally and the reasons why I might be spending and overspending and how like looking back on my childhood and my parents relationship with money or my grandparents relationship with money versus the people around me and how that might have influenced me so uh, that's a really good book right off the bat that yeah. I think that you guys should check out I think she also made a second book she did yeah I That's haven't read that one, though. Specifically money-focused, if oh, I'm not mistaken. I think so. All I remember I think it's is like it's blue. How to be a badass and make money. I think yeah, no, you're right. Because <laughs> I got that. I got the How to be a badass book. The yellow one, right? Yeah, and I got it as like a secret Santa gift. Mm. And it was actually like at a, the salon I used to work at. And I just remember thinking like, does the person who gave this to me think that I need to improve my, like, wellness or something? I'm like, is there something <laughs> wrong with me? But I actually ended up reading, and it was great, and I felt a little bit better because um, another girl was given that book that you're talking about, the second part. Mm. So she was given the, like, financial bit about it. So I was like, okay, either someone just, like, bought these books like not even thinking it was like a bestseller or something yeah or like she has a money problem and i just overall am messed up <laughs> crying so that was fun i'm just overall messed I'm up overall messed up guys Aren't we all <laughs> yes but yes so another thing that can also trigger guilt is when the news is publishing global crisis and it's making headlines and illuminating illuminating how people are losing mm -hmm. jobs and struggling to pay bills or even feeding their families i know i feel a lot of guilt with this especially during the pandemic yeah because so many people lost their jobs and were laid off and luckily and <laughs> unluckily i work in healthcare, so i didn't lose my job but a lot of people, even who have my role, they did lose their jobs because they weren't in the same field as I am. 
So I felt a lot of guilt with that, I know, at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, you might also feel guilty if your financial situation insulates you from those kinds of situations. But on the other hand, you if you've always been financially independent, you might feel guilty about asking for financial help. So such as if you're unemployed and you need to get benefits or food assistance, a lot of people will have too much pride to take that step and get the support that you might need, especially during tough economic or financial situations. Yeah. So let's talk about how to manage money guilt because we've talked about what it is and where it stems from. Let's talk about how to manage it. Mm -hmm. So whether it's friends, social media, or childhood experiences that have led to your feelings of money guilt, I can assure you it is possible to overcome these feelings. It might take a while, it's not going to happen overnight, and Lord knows it is a struggle every single day sometimes, mm -hmm. but you will get there just like we are going to get there. So here are some actionable tips for dealing with financial guilt. My lovely Silver, would you like to tell us the first one? Sure. So the first one, which we have touched on a little bit, is to identify your guilt triggers. So the first step in dealing with money guilt is figuring out what is causing it. Specifically, is your guilt based in facts of a situation or is it your emotions around it? So mm -hmm. you're going to have to figure out how to separate facts from emotions, which is a really helpful tool, but really hard to do. Mm -hmm. So for instance, a fact might be that you don't have enough money in your budget to spend $50 on takeout dinner, which takeout is so fucking expensive. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but an emotional response is feeling like you shouldn't be spending the money on takeout when you've even budgeted for it, right? So if you're able to do it, but you're just feeling like, ugh, I don't deserve it. Like, even if it's possible for you, that's emotion. But if you physically, like, if you can't make the rent, if you're going to spend $50 on takeout, then yeah, don't buy the fucking takeout. <laughs> um, but sometimes it can be a little bit of both. So, for example, a personal experience that I've went through the past couple years is my parents, they have their own company. So it heavily relies on tourism. And obviously, the world shut down when the pandemic hit. So it was very hard for me to be a person with the like privilege, essentially, of being able to keep my job. And I struggled with that a lot, watching my parents struggle. And my sister and I were actually able to keep our jobs. And our salaries didn't change. If anything, I actually got a um, health care like grant pretty much that um, our government gave us through our unions that we got extra money because of like all the shit we've had to go through. So I felt immense amount of guilt. So during this time, I didn't want to spend my money on anything because it made me feel so bad that my parents were struggling and seeing other people struggling and people who had the exact same education as me, but were still struggling financially because they got laid off. But that's when I had to remind myself, like, this, the education I have and the skill set I have is different from my parents. The field I'm in is different from people who have my role. And I chose that, not with in mind thinking, like, maybe one day there'll be a pandemic and I need job security. Obviously not. But, like, these were choices that I made that gave me the security to have it. Mm -hmm. And... 
I had to kind of remind myself that like, yeah, it's unfortunate and I'm not going to go around bragging if I'm able to afford something and I am very frugal and I've had to be, but at the same time, like that's not my fault. Like putting myself and being in a good situation, like I don't need to have survivor's guilt because I still contribute to society in a positive way. I'm not just running around blowing all my money. And if my parents ever needed the support, which just luckily they didn't because Mm -hmm. they figured it out and found other ways of having income with their company and, you know, they figured it out. So Mm -hmm. I think just reminding yourself that you are only responsible for yourself and yes, it's great to, and if you have children, it's a completely different situation. <laughs> like, don't ditch them. Yeah, but, don't do that. <laughs> but, like, you don't necessarily need to feel guilty just because you set yourself up for mm-hmm. better security financially. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so if you apply this same type of two-pronged test to your own financial situation, you can actually recognize whether the guilt is coming from your facts or feelings and then you can look at those facts and those feelings individually and see if the guilt is associated with them and if it's justified mm-hmm. Amazing. step two step two is to get a clear view of your financial picture so keeping money guilt at bay this also means knowing exactly where you stand financially and so This is something Silver and I are super good at doing. We have an entire budget spreadsheet that we use. Um, And this is really helpful because you can see exactly how much money you're allocating towards every single thing that you spend in your life. And not only do we, because I think we use the same budgeting sheet. Yeah, that we got from our friend Gabriella. So shout Shout out to Gabriella. Gabriella. (laughs) Thank you. Um, It's such a great tool, honestly. I love it so much. Um, But the really cool thing about the tool is that, yeah, you can set your monthly budget, but there's also a spending tracker. And so every several days, I go into my spending tracker and I submit all of my transactions, no matter how small or how big, and I categorize them. So I categorize them so that I can personally see how my money is being used. And if you don't have like a pre designed budgeting sheet you can easily just create one in excel or google sheets mm-hmm. um, it's really easy just um, look up some tutorials and what you can do is just you know do a little tracker like in one side have your date um, this is kind of how i've had it set where i have the date of the transaction then i have what card i use it on because i have multiple cards then i have um what category it was for so was it groceries was it self-care was it getting food out was it what else do i spend money on i don't know sex toys (laughs) (laughs) was it um travel etc and then i specifically will notate like how much was spent and where exactly i spent that money just in case i ever need to refer back but I think just having a really good budget and I'm really lucky for silver because initially when I was setting my budget and I think I really set my budget properly for the year, I think a couple months ago. So it was really helpful to have her because basically for those who are wondering why I didn't have a budget every single month is because I was paying off my loans and that was the only thing I was saving money for. So literally Mm -hmm. I would save every 
kind of, it's not the healthiest way of doing it, but I did it nevertheless. And you're, it's never have to deal with it again, Literally. So. Fuck student loans. <laughs> <laughs> I never have to pay them again. Fuck. But, <clears throat> yes, fuck student loans. But also, um, yeah, it was just really, <clears throat> the reason why I didn't have a budgeting sheet, yeah, is because I was paying off my student loans and I was selling silver. Literally every dime dollar I had was going to my education that I was paying off. But then after I paid it off, I was like, okay, now what? Yeah. So that's kind of why I started doing that. But yeah, shout out to you. Thank you. For helping me kind of figure out how much I can save, how much I can spend. And it, it's nice because this budget, like this says, like having a clear view of your financial picture, it just really helps me also realize like, okay, it's okay if I go out a couple times to eat. Yeah. Or it's okay to go buy like one nice shirt or a shoe. Just one shoe. Only one shoe. <laughs> the other shoe I'll buy another time. <laughs> next, next year I'll save by the other shoe, but just buy one at a time. <laughs> but yeah, it's really helpful to have a realistic budget. And if you guys don't know how much to spend, there's like some easy breakdowns that you can look up. Mm -hmm. I know kind of what I like to look at is like 30% of your income goes to rent. Maybe... $50 every week for groceries, et cetera, et cetera. So you kind of just figure out based on how much you make and how much you spend because it's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. But that's what I like to do. So the third tip that we have for you guys is that you can only, con only control what you can. So the worst possible thing you can do when um, money guilt rears in your head is to do nothing at all. And a lot of people do this. But if you're feeling guilty about overspending, for example, then wallowing in that guilt could lead to more overspending because spending and overspending is a huge way that people cope with feeling badly about something. But, you know, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like if you spend more money, you're going to be more in debt. That's just how it is. And it's going to be worse and worse and worse. Right. So a really good thing you can do, as Mira said earlier, is to track your spending. You can use like online banking your mobile apps like if you don't have your banking app on your phone what are you what are you doing, doing? <laughs> what are you even doing set alerts too set yeah alerts every time your card is used and make sure that your phone is notified of it yeah so you know just for safety mm -hmm. and like i know i put what every time my bank stink statement even comes out because i'm the kind of person i know you have a whole month to pay off your credit card bill but as soon as my statement comes out i pay it also yeah reviewing everything you're spending like weekly daily like there's so many different ways of doing budgeting i recently saw this one girl even who does it like a calendar so i want to see that yeah i'm gonna have to find that tiktok but every time she um spend something she puts it like in her phone calendar and she just says like today I spent $15 at Starbucks and then like $20 on lunch yeah it's a lot of money spent <laughs> at Starbucks but it can be done mm -hmm. um so she does it like that because she's finding like Mira and I do like to look at everything broken down and like the little pie charts and that whole thing like that is 
easy for us, but it can stress out a lot of people. So find out whatever works for you, but just make sure you're reviewing your spending every month and you can start to see patterns because that really will help you with budgeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and separate needs from wants and cut back on all those non-essentials. So that is three things that you can control. So just, it'll help you understand what needs to happen like today, right now, so that you have a improved financial situation in the future. Because if you think about it, if you continue your spending habits, they're negative or positive, but if they're negative, it's gonna continue to be negative unless you change. If you continue positive habits, obviously they're gonna be positive, Um, but you need to start somewhere. So you might as well start today. And like for instance, if you have lost your job, you can take action by looking for a new employment. That's something you can do today. Like just jump on Indeed, jump on Glassdoor, like try to find any job you can. Starting a a side hustle or even reviewing your budget is something that you can just start working on today and hopefully reduce your spending. But if you're feeling guilty because you earn higher income than other people, then it might be a good idea to take some time to reflect on the steps that allowed you to be successful and in the position you're at. And if you made poor decisions with your credit cards that have led to debt, maybe consider what things that you can do to manage it, such as creating a debt payoff plan or like if you have loans like Mira's talking about, like creating a plan to pay off those loans and also consolidating your accounts can be really important because sometimes we think like, oh, I have enough money in this account and some in this account, but just really making it as simple as possible mm-hmm. can really help, especially if you need to go like right back to basics so that you have a better handle on everything. So what we're saying is pretty much every time you actively are working towards positive change, the easier it's going to be to keep that financial guilt at bay. But those are just some things that you can do, but... Maybe now we'll just share some things that we've been through and that we've been doing. Let's see. For me, I grew up from almost never, like, treating yourself, never buying anything really, Um, buying, like, the most affordable kind of thing, etc. But, like, I grew up thinking it was really bad if you ever treated yourself or ever got something nice for yourself because I was raised to think that you couldn't do that. And yeah, I mean, my childhood wasn't great, which I've said so many times, and that's okay. But part, it's, it's weird. I did have financial guilt. I still do have it now. But I think because I was raised for so long to never be able to buy anything, never be able to get anything, anytime I was given a gift, I got taken away. It was really frustrating. So I always felt like I never deserved nice things. So I think when I finally had access to getting money, the first thought I had was, fuck my childhood, I'm going to go spoil myself. Mm -hmm. The thing is, I never really had a good relationship with money at that time because I just wanted to keep treating myself. Yeah. So, thankfully, that didn't last too long. I think I bought, like, a couple of things here and there, and I was like, okay. But now we got to be realistic because I had more and more shit happen to me, and then I realized, okay, I'm not in a position where I can just buy whatever I want like I'm on my own now I have to survive and I can't like I just can't afford to do this yeah so I've completely switched from like throwing my money around to literally saving every single dollar I had working four jobs this that 
this, the other thing. And I became a lot better at saving money because I would like pay off all my bills on time and make sure that my classes were paid off and my school supplies were taken care of. It's interesting. I think when not only can childhood influence you, but people can, mm -hmm. relationships can, no matter how old or young you are. Yeah. So tell us your journey. Yeah. However you're comfortable. My sharing. journey. I think I was really lucky because my parents, especially my mom, were very good with money. But because, um, yeah, they had a company together that my mom like joined in on because she had a very good, well-paying job. But um, my parents just wanted to work together, so she went, and basically they're self-employed. So it was doing really well, and then you know, like tourism, it flux and flows. Especially you know, like after 9/11, like everything changed. Like nothing has been the same since 9/11, mm -hmm. and it really impacted my family's business. So pretty much nothing has been the same since, and. The area I grew up in, we were very lucky to live there, um, but everyone there was pretty like middle class, but still affluent. And a lot more of my friends, like close friends, were a lot more affluent than I was. And even last episode, I talked about like growing up, I didn't get an allowance, mainly because my parents, how they were raised was that you work for your money. And my mom pretty much, not that my parent, my grandparents didn't absolutely love and adore her, but they were very young when they had her and they didn't think always about the fact that you might need to like give your children a little bit of something as a head start. So pretty much my mom had to take care of herself since she was like 10 years old. And at 17, they moved away and she basically was like, okay, well, <laughs> I'm gonna have to take care of myself. So the way she was raised was you have to take care of yourself. And then, like, my dad did not have <laughs> supportive parents, period. So my dad pretty much was raised to fend for himself as well. So the way my sister and I were raised was we were given love, a head start, support, but we were also taught the values of working and earning your money. Okay, so, I think it's fair. Yeah, I think it's fair. And honestly, like, I, I really appreciate that about my parents because mm -hmm. I've been in situations that weren't always in my control where I had to like scavenge and like survive on my own for my money and I have those tools to do it like it doesn't make it any easier or any less stressful but I was like I know what to do I have to work harder I have to pick up more shifts I have to work three jobs at once like you don't get as much sleep but it's like you got to do what you got to do for this period and then like for your future self, like to set up your future self. I mean, it will get easier, but just like this, yeah. this is pushing time. Yeah. So I am grateful for the way I was raised, but it definitely, you can see in yourself and in others, how their upbringing and how their parents' relationship with money will impact your own. Yeah. I learned the value of money very, very early on. But then I, when I had the money, I was like, now I'm going to live my dream. I'm curious what you used to blow your money on. I blew my money on clothes. Really? Yeah. Which is really funny now because, like, if you know me now, like, I have basically a capsule wardrobe. Like, mm -hmm. I don't have anything extra. Like, I wear the same outfits, like, five times a week. Like, 
because I like them and I put my money into sustainable pieces that I can be that proud of ethically. Yeah, and that will last me a long time. Mm -hmm. So now that's who I am. But back then, because I, and I just like, it literally, it's H&M that like has that hold over me because my friends would go to H&M and buy, and Forever 21 and buy like everything. Yeah. So then I was like, I'm going to just go and blow like $200 at H&M and then everything would fall apart and it was the dumbest decision. Or, like, we would go and, like, get food and whatever, and I'd be like, I can order this and this and this and this because I had money. And then what happens is that you get to zero dollars. And I would get this weird thrill from that because I'm like, now I get to scavenge. And I literally scavenged physically. Like, I would run around my house, turn up every couch cushion, like, anywhere I could find quarters. And my mom and my parents both know this, like... Anytime I could find any money, I would put it all in a bag, walk to the coin store at the grocery store, and, like, get cash back. And that would be how I would survive. So I would do things like that, or I would started to sell things, like, anything I could find that I didn't need, I would sell it online. Mm-hmm. And, like, odd jobs here and there, babysitting, I worked, and then when I actually was able to work properly, I worked, like, three different jobs while I was in school, and like some made me a lot of money, some didn't, and like I would babysit extra and blah, blah, blah. So I get a thrill out of being in scavenging mode or survival mode. And it does become addicting, but the issue is to stay in scavenging mode is you have to get to rock bottom again. So I would figure it out, blow all my money, and then do the whole thing over again. So it was only, maybe a few years ago when I was like, hey, like the world relies on money, unfortunately. Money's really fucking important. And I don't want to be here for the rest of my life. I don't want to be blowing my money. I want to be more responsible. So honestly, the only changes I made were starting to listen to my mom, Mm -hmm. where she was like, Silver, cut your paycheck in half and half goes into your savings half goes to like car insurance whatever blah 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 and the rest is what you have for fun and if you don't have anything left over fun you have no fun i think at this point in this day and age it's hard to feel bad for people who don't know how to budget at least like Mm -hmm. obviously i can feel bad if you don't have money Mm -hmm. if you're coming from not privileged backgrounds or you know you lost your job you're struggling i get it i'm not not sympathetic but for people who just have no idea how to budget at all, there's so many videos on YouTube. Yeah. Resources on literally TikTok, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can literally, we caught our information today from a bank. Like, yeah. you can find there's what resources. you need. If you have a bank like account set up, there are usually free advisors through your bank that you can mm-hmm. go and see. Like, there are people there to help. So it's just, yeah. It, it's frustrating. It's a lot. Like, um, it's funny because you and I struggle to just treat ourselves. Yeah. So we're talking, we're coming from a totally, like, total opposite spectrum, you know? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do to fix the to guilt? To fix your guilt. Honestly, I don't know. It's really hard. Like, it, it, I mean, I could sit and preach shit, but to be completely honest, I truly don't really know. I think part of it is having friends to talk to and Mm -hmm. help me out with my purchases because 
You can ask Silver, but I rarely ever treat myself honestly. And if I do, it's food. Like, Mm -hmm. my version of treating myself is getting a coffee or a hot chocolate or a matcha or every Saturday I go to this one cafe and get a lemon cookie and it's so good. So that's like my little Saturday ritual. That's me spoiling myself. Like, I cannot remember the last time... When was the last one? Maybe that necklace I bought. But that was like mm, that was a, while ago. a long time ago. Yeah. And the biggest expense I made was my loans. <laughs> but I think I think for me it's because, yeah, like I always no matter how good I have it, and no matter how stable I am, I always feel like I'm gonna wake up with zero dollars yeah. in my bank account. And even though that's super unrealistic, I just need to feel okay and Mm -hmm. I think because I'm still like I thrive it's not healthy but I thrive in like fight or flight environments I always have and honestly when I was working for jobs and doing 20,000 things I wasn't doing well mentally but I felt very alive I felt very alive and I felt like my my finances were okay and it's weird because being in such a stable environment that I'm in right now, I feel very unsteady mm-hmm. and I don't like it. Like I want to be working for jobs right now. Because it's different. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, I hate it. So I think I need to find a balance because I don't truly think I can just work one job and be okay. I think I need to have multiple. You do have two jobs. I do technically. Mm-hmm. So I think I need my third job. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just think, I think for me, if I have like my stable job, and then I put 90% of that into savings, then maybe if I pick up my second job, then like that can be used for more fun purchases. And then maybe that will help me slowly be okay with buying things for myself. But to be completely honest, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Yeah. But it's a part of- Just keep trying. Yeah, it's a part of your journey. Like Yeah, but I think for me, I just think I need to find more of a balance because I really went from one side of the spectrum to the other. Yeah. Like I went from working four jobs, having no time, to working one job and having too much downtime. And I hate it. So I need mm-hmm. to find middle ground, sustainable, I think. Sustainable. A sustainable lifestyle. Yeah. But- What about you? Me? Yeah. It's not within my control, but I've been put into a situation where I have to be responsible and I have to save every penny. And if I'm going to do anything fun or extra, I have to work extra to get it. And I, uh, Amir and I are big, big um, advocates for if you are unhappy or in a bad situation that you don't get to just complain about it. You have to take active action and do something and do something about it Mm -hmm. so I went through a period where I was like I'm fucked and I don't know what to do because a huge part of my income suddenly went away and it was not anything to do with me or in anyone's control it was just a shitty situation and it's still happening and luckily I've been going through it for half a year I think at this point and I have figured out a balance where I can still live my life and not freak out but still be very very frugal so I think for me when I want to treat myself it's very difficult because I'm like there are people who are relying on me so if I do this this might 
jeopardize someone else's livelihood. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking about other people constantly. So what I am, I guess, actively doing is seeking out opportunities for me to make money. Yeah. You are going to figure out the things that are going to work for you. But if you have money guilt, whether you make too much and feel <laughs> bad about it, you worked hard for it, so, and you deserve it. So treat yourself every once in a while. And mm -hmm. if you really can't treat yourself, treat someone else. And we'll do an episode, too, on like ways to do things. Yeah, that are free. Or on free, yeah. yeah. So stay tuned for that episode. Stay tuned for that. But, uh, yeah, I think yeah. we're doing a good job. We're doing a good job. And we deserve a high five. High five. <laughs> if anything, we're trying our best. And we yeah. are struggling along with you. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, we are definitely very lucky for the positions that we're in. But I think, just to remind you and us, we worked hard to be here. And we work hard to stay here. Mm -hmm. So, everything we have. Everything we did, everything we have, everything we've had to go through to get <laughs> here. Like, we fucking deserve it. So... Yeah. That yeah. is our episode. But yeah, thanks guys for listening to us ramble about money and money guilt. Mm -hmm. We hope we hope maybe you find solace in this episode. Maybe you feel heard, understood, because we know what it's like to not have people understand. Mm -hmm. So I think we'll conclude today's episode. Yes. So yes, if you haven't figured this out by now, we are on Instagram at Matcha Mondays. My Art page. Come on, I was um, like, our, <laughs> it's not us. <laughs> our, um, yeah, our Instagram is at Masha Mondays Podcast. Mira is Kashmira. She changed her username. So if you are like, what the heck? Who is this person? It's Mira. And I'm at Silver Rumor Gallery. Chash Mira. Chash? Did I say Cash? She's a Kashmira. Oh, <laughs> like Cash Money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mira is Chash Mira on Instagram. She changed her username, so if you are confused who this person on your followers list is, it's me. It's still Mira. <laughs> I'm um, at Silver River Gallery if you want art. And, you know, hey, if you're looking for Christmas presents, like, hit her up. Hit me up. Um, and if you're looking for matcha, which is a great Christmas present in our opinions, um, head over to jadeleafmatcha.com and use our code MATCHAMONDAY for 30% off. And if you are a Canadian like me and... You are. Surprise. Um, go to amazon.ca and get your matcha there and let us know if you've tried it. A couple of you have already... Um, contact us saying that you ordered some tea house edition matcha and like we would love to hear how you like it because we actually really like it um but yeah with that being said have, have a great matcha, matcha monday, monday.